We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Colm Kelly here, the executive producer of the Road of His Radio Podcast Network and co-host of the Road of His Overtime Podcast, along with the phenomenal Sean Siegel. The wait is over, the NFL season is here, and there's no better time than the present to sign up for a Road of His NFL Pass. You'll get access to all of our content, all of our tools, and everything you need to help you for that in-season success. As a loyal podcast listener, you can get yourself a 10% discount to a Road of His NFL Pass just by adding the code RVRADIO2021 at checkout. Go to rotaviz.com forward slash podcast for more information. Let's go get those championships. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the College to Canton podcast, the perfect show for any and every college football fan. I'm your host, Stéphane Lacoe, and I am joined by the one, the only, the Travis May. You can find us on Twitter. He's at under, nope, at FF underscore Travis M. It'd be weird if the underscore came first. And I'm Stéphane Lacoe. And, you know, I had to make Stéphane Lacoe my Twitter handle because, like, I, uh, I can be such a pain in the ass at times. I just needed that little reminder to, to remain fun at times. Uh, anyway, just stay fun. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, if you're new to the show, uh, college to can is just the absolute perfect show for any and every college and NFL fan. We cover a player's journey from being recruited all the way to the hall of fame. Uh, we have a lot of fun doing it. We always talk some fantasy football, uh, because well, this is a Road of His Radio podcast, and we love fantasy football. So, before we jump into the wide receiver conversation, we're looking at the transfer class, um, some very interesting names, maybe even some very interesting uh, situations going on at teams. But before we do all that, how you doing, Travis? <laughs> I'm good, man. I'm always ready to talk about wide receivers. And I've been talking rookies nonstop on different podcasts for the past two weeks. I think I've been on five different shows, not even, you know, not including our own, uh, talking about different rookies. And we'll get back to that. And uh, we'll be talking about some NFL Combine stuff uh, here very soon because, uh, that you know, it's NFL Combine time of year uh, with all, all of everyone getting way too excited about 40 times and way too excited about hand size and all the things that are just kind of funny uh, and mean a lot less than we give them credit for. 
but, you know, we'll still talk about it nonetheless because we still find it interesting ourselves if we're honest, uh, you know, with our, ourselves here. But, but yeah, <laughs> you know, but in the meantime, we'll mix it up and give you a podcast that is for a second here, not focused on NFL combine stuff. We're going to be talking about transfer wide receivers. And so I'm excited to do that. We, we already covered quarterbacks. We already covered running backs and tight ends. Last but not least, we've got the wide receiver position today. So who, who do you want to talk, talk about first today? Well, I do like talking about wide receivers because um, quarterbacks, there's only ever, uh, you know, 32 quarterbacks uh, playing and most of them aren't all that relevant for fantasy football. Whereas wide and then running backs, their shelf life is um, is, is so low and limited. Uh, wide receivers is really where you can build the core of your team and and ride it for a decade if you do things well. Because wide receivers can last in the NFL for so long, and they can hit production early. And like we're seeing them hit production earlier and earlier, like uh, Justin Jefferson going out there um, and absolutely crushing as a rookie. And then this past year, we saw guys uh, that, that weren't even the elite of the elite, but end up just dominating towards the end of the year. I'm, I'm thinking of guys like Amon Ross St. Brown in Detroit, who looks like just a target monster now. And all of a sudden, like you get your wide receivers, right? And you can stress a lot less about roster construction because um, you only have to worry about those pieces that uh, are are changing and moving so much faster. So I love um, the wide receiver position as well. Um, and, and I want to kind of start in a, in a weird spot here um, because this is not by any means uh, the most exciting move uh, that we're going to talk about. But um, from everything that I've seen from from mock drafts, and I'll be honest, um, I am not in as in the weeds as I will be soon because I have become absolutely obsessed with Colorado Avalanche hockey. But um, Traylon Burks is leaving Arkansas, and we have a former um, really exciting recruit and and pretty decent wide receiver uh, from Oklahoma going to Arkansas. Do you think Jaden Hazelwood can become a factor early? Um, I'm obviously not projecting or suggesting or asking if he is the next Burks, but do you think he could fill... Um, some of the void that they will feel um, this upcoming season. I think so. Uh, I think right away uh, there's tons of target share to be had because, well, Jalen Burks was most of their receiving production. I mean, there's a reason he, he peaked at like the 94th percentile for his adjusted production index overall. And so, yeah, I mean, losing a player like that, you have to, fill out that production. I mean, nobody else besides Burks had more than 24 catches last year. That's, that's pretty that's terrible. Like, and it's crazy. Like we thought train Nix was going to be the guy. Maybe if he stays healthy for a full season, he, he will be that guy and take a next step. Um, you know, Mike Woods transferred out and actually went to Oklahoma. He, he could have been last year had he stayed. Uh, but yeah, Jaden Hazelwood, I think is an easy bet for some volume. I mean, I'm not sure if he's primarily the, primarily the slot, and they, they change you know from having this huge big big body guy like that in, in the slot to a smaller shiftier hey Jaden Hazelwood or what that looks like, uh, but I think he's got a good shot for some real uh, significant market share in year one in Arkansas. Yeah, my my question um, with with Hazelwood um, compared to Burks is is Burks was not um, I mean not quite as much as Drake London. 
um, but not this huge. Actually, now I, I'm I'm saying this. I don't even know if I'm right. I'm just this could all just be narrative. Um, how was how how is I'll frame it as a question. How was Burks with uh, like yards of separation from from defensive backs? Was was he able to create his own space, or was it a lot of contested catches? I mean, it, it was some contested catches, especially like on some uh, some deep shots where he's just uh, mossing some people, and, and not deep, right. deep shots, but uh, you know, like especially in that fifteen to twenty range, like down the sideline, he just mossing people in contested spots, and even in the slot, like he's bullying some people over the middle, and doesn't have yards of separation. Um, it really, so neither of them are doing that consistently. But I think Burks is faster, uh, quite a bit faster than Drake London. But Hazelwood does, I think, uh, you know, he's not small. He's just not 230 pounds. Like, he, right. he's still tall until he can win uh, some some contested situations, too, in his own way. I think. Because I do think he'll have to <laughs> with the quarterback play there. Um, I think he'll have to, uh, but I think his ADOT will be uh, maybe a little bit lower early on in the year just because KJ Jefferson uh, needs it to be. But he has the mm-hmm. athleticism to create uh, more separation, I think, uh, creating a wider window. Uh, for, uh, you know, for KJ Jefferson to target uh, before the ball gets there. Like Burks kind of makes, he, he kind of creates separation at the last second, like with right. his technique. And, and uh, however you want to uh, talk about that from a film analysis standpoint, like he, he creates we call space it at a different us, part of us the Us defensive backs call it offensive pass interference, Travis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, hey, it's not, it's not all, always like that even. I think just uh, sometimes it's just manipulating the, the defensive back into not knowing when the ball is coming, uh, changing the way his body is facing, his footwork. Yeah. Uh, you know, there, there are different ways to be creative with it. But I think Hazelwood gives uh, Jefferson an easier read before the ball is out of his hand. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. So that's probably not where you thought I was going to start you off at. Um, but but I thought it was a fun one because oh, yeah. uh, we, we have been talking so much about about rookie. Well, you and I haven't, but uh, the fantasy football community in general um, has been talking so much about these incoming players. So so Brooks was a nice transition there. Um, another place that's seeing um, an awful lot of, uh, of action in the transfer portal here uh, is the University of Southern California. We have not one, not two, but three wide receivers uh, transferring in, in all arguably, um, well, maybe not the first one, but but two of them were the best wide receivers on their team, you could say. And the third was uh, was hyped to become uh, a, a future phenom. We've got Mario Williams from Oklahoma. Uh, we've got Brendan Rice from Colorado. Uh, and, and while his stats are terrible, it's because um, they couldn't throw the ball in Colorado. We talked about that uh, earlier this week uh, with the Jarek Broussard talk. Um, but uh, but Brennan Rice, uh, you'd see him on kick returns and punt returns, and and he's electric. Uh, so he he could be really fun. And then last but last but not least, we've got Terrell Bynum coming in from from Washington, who was another anemic uh, passing offense, um, which got their coach fired. Uh, and so. <laughs> Three interesting players going to this USC team that is just chock full of transfer talent this year. Yeah, it's it's going to be one to watch. Uh, but it, I think that the name to get excited about uh, in the mix of transfer wide receivers to USC is Mario Williams coming over with this quarterback, Caleb Williams, uh, and not to be confused with CJ Williams, who is coming in as a true freshman at wide receiver. 
for USC. So we're going to have a situation where we have two Williams at wide receiver catching passes from the quarterback who is also Williams. So <laughs> uh, that's going to be fun. Won't be confusing at all. No, not not. Yeah, Williams hits Williams, and then Williams with the block downfield. So that Williams can score. So will we see <laughs> C.A. Williams on the back of Caleb's jersey? No, I don't because think. Because it I, can't I, be C.J. Because there's two C's, Williams. Yeah, ah, we'll see. We'll yeah. see. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll see we'll how that works. We'll see. <laughs> but, but seriously. Sorry. Uh, Mario everyone everyone just stopped listening after yeah, me. Like, okay, guys, we get I'm it. Sorry. The last name were Williams. So we don't care. <laughs> but no, it's real Bynum. I think some people want to get excited about him because, um, you know, at least people in the in Pac-12 country, a lot of people don't even know who that is. Uh, you know, people. That he's a talented dude. I am, really I am the Pac. Like, I am the Pac-12 guy. He, he, he's yes. very talented. He's very, ta- he's very talented. Like he is uh, an annoying reason why Jalen McMillan didn't go off harder last year. You know, uh, for Washington, like uh, McMillan. I actually kind of compared him to an Amon Ross St. Brown when he came in as a wide receiver, but. Bynum actually garnered a bunch of targets against a high pedigree wide receiver in terms of competition for targets last year. And that was frustrating. <laughs> Bynum, Bynum was good enough to take some targets away. I'm not really sure he's good enough to take him away from uh, Mario Williams, who already has an existing relationship with Caleb Williams, or uh, take him away from a guy in, in Taj Washington who just had over 50 catches for USC last year. So he might I mean, new coaching staff, but he might have uh, one of those spots already locked in uh, that is Taj Washington. And then they've got a really talented true freshman coming in CJ Williams. So there's not an infinite number of roles here. Um, But if I was going to bet on any of these three, it would be, uh, you know, Mario Williams, number one, Terrell Bynum, number two, Brendan Rice coming from Colorado to be number three in terms of the best bet to lock in a starting role and garner enough targets to be considered an NFL prospect. Uh, Mario Williams, of course, uh, on the fringe of being a five-star talent, uh, also coming from Oklahoma. I mean, we just talked about Jaden Hazelwood leaving Oklahoma. Uh, Hazelwood, there was the number one wide wide receiver in his entire class. Mario Williams was in that, in that mix for quite some time as well in his. Uh, so, I mean, what what are your thoughts on those three transfers? Yeah, I mean, uh, for one, I don't know why. I mean, I'm in CU. I, I live right down the road from CU. Um I don't know why Brendan Rice went there. It was real disappointing to me because um, I, I would have been equally disappointed if he went to Oregon because like different problem in Oregon, they don't pass the ball enough. And in USC, there's gonna be too many people to pass the ball too. And I'm not exactly sure uh, what that will look like considering the other transfers they have in. So I'm really disappointed for Brendan Rice. I think it was a wrong choice for him unless he just wants to have fun and, and win some games. Um, so I, I don't I don't think he's going to become a thing. And Terrell Bynum, I think it's a similar story. I think there's just too many other uh, players there. My question, though, uh, for you, you kind of mentioned it. Do you think that Mar- the, the fact that Mario Williams um, is coming over, he's played with um, Caleb Williams? And to me, almost more importantly, is he he's played with Lincoln Riley. Um, mm-hmm. How big of a factor do you think that will make? Um, because, yeah, there's some proven veterans on that team, like you said, but but none with this coaching staff, but Mario Williams does have that and the quarterback. So it's kind of one of these weird situations where he might be in a more veteran scenario than some of the guys that, that have been at USC. So what are your thoughts yeah, on that? And that's the biggest thing. I think he locks in one of the slot roles for uh, USC. When they go four wide, he'll be in slot. He might be in more of a kind of a, um, 
moving zero or whatever uh, if they go 11 personnel. But uh, yeah, Mario Williams seems like the safest bet to be uh, the lead in targets on that offense this year, uh, given his experience with Caleb Williams, Lincoln Riley. And uh, yeah, they have a bunch of talent, but a bunch of kind of unproven talent uh, at this level. Uh, so yeah, Mario, Mario, William, uh, Mario Williams would be that guy. Yeah. Uh, speaking of USC, this is a. <laughs> I want to cue the uh, the the Obi Wan Kenobi. That is a name I have not heard in a very long time. Um, that was I don't know what accent that was. <laughs> um, but Brew McCoy, um, he left USC because of uh, a lot of off the field stuff. Uh, his name is still floating in the transfer portal. Do you think we ever get to be excited about Brew McCoy? Probably not. Not oh, at this point. So sad. Oh, yeah. that's such a bummer. All right. <laughs> no, 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 that's it. <laughs> In fact, you <laughs> know, I, on. yeah, yeah, moving on. But uh, on the flip side, I think a name that we will be hearing uh, more of is uh, Jermaine Burton. Uh, you know, we, we, I think on the last show, we, we kind of joked about how bad, how bad the, the wide receiver situation is at Alabama when they have like nine top 100 former, you know, former recruits uh, with top, top 100 overall pedigree. And Jermaine Burton leaves Georgia. Goes to Alabama, and uh, and a lot of people are going to be hoping for what J- Jamison Williams part two. I, right, I don't think yeah. I don't think he's that kind of player. We didn't think Jamison Williams is that kind of player, but I don't think that Jermaine Burton is just locked in to be uh, that kind of player immediately. But I, th- I think at worst he splits time um, at, in kind of their wide receiver two uh, role. Like, uh, is that where you see him? Like, do, do you see him like really the upside being a, a Jamison Williams just crazy season? I think that's the upside. I don't think it's, I think it's possible, not probable. Um, I love this move for Jermaine Burton. Um, I think uh, Stetson Bennett's only going to get you so far. And uh, I think moving to Alabama gives him an opportunity to really shine and and show what he's capable of. And and that very well could be something Jamison Williams-esque. What, what one reason why I'm really rooting for Jermaine Burton is because McCole Hardman uh, was all like, man, you just won a national championship and now you're going to move and play against the enemy. And and I like Jermaine Burton's response. He's like, man, I'm going to do what's best for me, man. Like, this is my career. I'm going to make my choices. And I love that. I think this is a much better situation for his skill set. He's going to have a much better opportunity. And and worst case scenario, it's uh, if, if he doesn't, like, smash in Alabama – uh, like a decent wide receiver output in Bama is going to be the equivalent of a good one in Georgia. I'm not saying that Bama is better than Georgia, just how they play football. You, I'd rather be a decent wide receiver. I'd rather be a John Mechie, you know, than than whatever Georgia's putting out at number one. Yeah, and it's funny you said you can only get so far with Stetson Bennett, and then they just won the national championship. But, <laughs> but I'm I know, talking I know about what you mean. receiving. Yeah, as a wide receiver, I know I knew what you meant. But some somebody's going to be listening to that podcast and get angry. And I know this <laughs> because I've had so many people in the last few weeks when I say something about one player or even like a fan base, they'll find me on Twitter and DM me like, "Hey, that one thing you said, twenty <laughs> minutes and thirteen seconds." into that podcast that I took out of context, you know? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Yeah. But our, our listeners would never do that. No, we love no. you guys. But uh, when I guest on podcasts, that's what happened though. It happens though. Then people find me like, wait, 
this guy that I've never heard of before said something about my my fan base. I'm going to go find it. Yeah, <laughs> anyway. I mean, that makes that's, sense. That, that's the thing. But uh, no, it, it makes sense, though, because A.D. Mitchell uh, was going off for Georgia. You know, true freshman last year comes in and out snaps everybody uh, in the wide receiver room. And, and Burton probably thought, oh, my goodness, Pickens is out. This is my time to shine. Uh, and they didn't just hand him a bunch of targets. Uh, and that'd be a little disappointing. And if yeah. you don't get all the targets at Georgia, you're not going to get enough targets uh, to really get a good look from NFL decision makers. And, and given where the Alabama offense is, uh, yeah, I'm going to go play with the first round quarterback that's chucking it 40 plus times a game uh, this year. That's going to be in the mix with Heisman uh, and, and might, you know, put me in that kind of uh, that kind of wide, wide receiver. Uh, and again, a bunch of unproven guys or, you know, young guys who uh, did, uh, you know, make a couple of plays late, especially Ja'Cory Brooks. I think Ja'Cory Brooks is a guy for, for Alabama, a uh, former right. five-star that I think does stick and does really good things. JoJo Earl, before he missed time some with, with some injury, uh, was looking good, splitting time in the slot. I think he is likely uh, the starting slot uh, this year as well, at least splits time there again. Yeah, and we but, did talk about the we did talk about these guys in our um, class of conversations a couple yeah, weeks ago. So yeah. so do listen to those if you haven't listened to those those episodes mm-hmm. already. But I think Burton at, at worst splits time and and sees you know wide receiver two ish targets uh, for Bama. I think that's that's the most likely outcome, and that uh, anymore is good enough to warrant day two consideration in his respective right? NFL draft. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I loved it for Jermaine Burton. I think it's great. Um, I don't think he will, you know, like what your question was like, I no, he's not the next Jamison Williams, but I, I think he's going to be, uh, he's going to be really good. And and if you have any stock in, in Jermaine Burton, this is a better outcome for you than him sticking around Georgia. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, you know, um, well, you know, what, actually, how about, how about we get a word from our sponsors and then we'll talk about some other guys that could definitely smash uh, going through the transfer portal at the wide receiver position. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. 
That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, we're back. Let's go to um, a team that is becoming uh, a darling of yours. You can't stop just smothering one of their players with love. I'm talking about um, we're back, baby, the Longhorns. Um, This guy, Isaiah Nair, coming over from Wyoming, um, he obviously is going to have one of the best receivers in the country on the field uh, at all times, and Xavier Worthy. What do you think he can do here in Texas? Um, he is he. There's a lot of buzz around this move um, when looking at like transfer rankings and stuff like that. Not a player, to be honest, uh, that I really had heard much about. Um, but like you look at like over at two four seven Sports, like he uh, he he's graded really high at like a ninety three. Um, right behind Jermaine Burton and and actually above of Jaden Hazelwood. So a lot of excitement around him. Uh, what are your hopes, dreams, and, and expectations for this? And and does it hurt Worthy at all? Um, I don't think it hurts Xavier Worthy too much, um, although you know, it would be tough to live up to what he did last year, uh, really giving us the best true freshman season what, of all time uh, from Xavier Worthy there. So, uh, but Isaiah Nair comes in, I, I, you know, from Wyoming, and Wyoming is not exactly known as a prolific passing attack. And you know, he he didn't even catch fifty balls last year, but it, he didn't need to because he averaged like twenty yards per reception for Wyoming uh, when their team overall, like, what their league quarterbacks adjusted yards per pass attempt was like five point three. So they weren't exactly efficient all season long, but. But yeah, I think he's going to be a good wide receiver too for them. And if that is the case and Sarkeesian continues to develop that offense and grow that offense and Quinn Ewers hits at the quarterback position and uh, man, the volume could expand in a way that we could see three viable receiving options in this offense eventually get some actual draft capital. So I think Nair could see some capital and he's a name that I think a lot of people just a year ago had no idea who Isaiah Nair was because one, even if he was the lead wide receiver for Wyoming at that point, no one cares about Wyoming football, but he was one of the, mo- the most efficient players in all of the sport. So yeah, Isaiah Nair could hit. Now you've done it. All seven Wyoming Cowboys fans are going to be up in your DMs, man. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I, I, I gotta, I just gotta watch my mouth. I really do. Speaking of other, of another team that everyone hates and no one cares about, Auburn. <laughs> oh my gosh, now that. <laughs> You're going to get death threats, man. Auburn fans <laughs> yeah. don't mess around. 
<laughs> no. uh, but Kobe Hudson's taking off. Um, he's he- heading to Central Florida to uh, to hook up with his old coach. And um, while Dylan Gabriel is gone, I imagine UCF will still be um, <laughs> still be a prolific offense. Um, how do you feel about this move for Kobe Hudson moving from Auburn to UCF? Yeah, I think this is uh, this is huge for him. Um, Kobe Hudson was one of the very very many disgruntled players with uh, the, the coaching staff overall, and you know Brian Harson and that whole mess of a situation at Auburn. Uh, and we don't have to get into that. But Kobe Hudson was essentially like let go. Like it was just a really odd situation. Um, and he was like really thankful for his time there, but you know, kind of ended his little note about the program, basically saying, "Yeah, Harson was from the north, I was from the south. He just didn't get me." Uh, it was just a, it was, it's a, it's a terrible culture fit, and Harson's going to be gone. Uh, it's just a gross situation. But Kobe Hudson is kind of Gus Malzahn's guy, and he has been uh, for a couple of years uh, before Malzahn uh, was unceremoniously kicked to the curb. Um, so I think he can come in and actually be in the mix for kind of wide receiver one level targets. Uh, you know, maybe right away. Uh, so th- that that could be really exciting because he he was a high pedigree. Guy that uh, is a fantastic route runner. Uh, I think he can play a variety of different receiver roles. Uh, so I'm excited there because UCF. Well, I mean, even before Gus Malzahn, they were getting vertical, and we we joke about Malzahn's putt putt offense, but they weren't really doing that uh, last year. So I, I like Hudson's chances uh, at, at really skyrocketing this year. Yeah, and we've seen UCF put some some wide receivers in the league recently too. I'm pretty sure Gabe Davis came from there. They, they had another guy, um, so so it's not a not a terrible fit. Um, and when you have that that kind of um, opportunity, you definitely could see some capital. So uh, I, I like that one too. Um, I think I actually got him. We uh, in our dispersal draft that I at C to C league I, I joined you in. I think I got him in the dispersal draft. Uh, so so let's hope that he actually. Uh, crushes like like he could um we talked about one of the uh the the teams um that's seen a lot of work second to to maybe only usc we've talked about them in all these episodes so far quarterback running back uh, even got a shout out in the tight end section uh, we got a couple wide receivers moving to ole miss it's interesting because um they'll most likely see um their leader their statistical leader in every at every major position on offense is going to most likely be a transfer. So here we have uh, Malik Heath from Mississippi State, uh, which I'm really excited about this 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 fit um, at Ole Miss, and then Jordan Watkins moving from Louisville to Ole Miss. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this because uh, we both see this offense as, I mean, obviously a, a, a prime destination for offensive skill position players. Yeah, uh, Ole Miss uh, is going to just air it out. And so that's going to be a lot of fun. Whoever's catching passes uh, there uh, should be okay. Uh, I think they're going to be <laughs> yeah. lots of lots of opportunity at the very le- at the very least. Um, and and that doesn't necessarily always lead to draft capital, but it has uh, in recent seasons uh, for sure. When, when we think about AJ Brown, we think of DK Metcalf, we think of uh, Elijah Moore. Um, you know, lots of guys coming out. I, I don't think that they're going to have a star this year, but even even if they don't star in draft capital like they get an opportunity like Don Terry or Drummond had 76 catches for over a thousand yards this year and eight touchdowns uh J- Jacor Pearson 
transferred from Western Kentucky and immediately kind of uh, earned their kind of slot-ish role. Braylon Sanders, I think, is going to uh, find an NFL home uh, this year. A bunch of guys uh, have found some level of intriguing production. And so I think Jordan Watkins coming from Louisville to Ole Miss uh, actually actually had almost 20% of Louisville's uh, receiving production last year. So, uh, you know, some uh, definitely underrated production there coming from Louisville. Malik Heath was kind of a speed freak, uh, transferred to Mississippi State and was wasted there. Uh, but uh, I think he could really smash in his final season for Ole Miss and end up getting drafted drafted himself. So I, I could be intrigued and convinced that either one or both Jordan Watkins or Malik Heath finds themselves drafted next spring. Yeah, absolutely. I and and I like Keith a lot. I um I think it was yeah, the the season opener against LSU, Leach's first game. Um we just got to see uh this the Mississippi State receiving core go nuts. It was super fun. Um but yeah, I, I love and anybody going to Ole Miss I'm interested in. Um, the only bummer is that uh, I had this strategy in all my C to C startups last year. So I've got a lot of like uh, second year players that I was hoping would smash and now are all of a sudden going to be buried on a depth chart, but no one cares about my team. Uh, let's move on to another team that has uh, multiple players coming in. We're seeing Kentucky has acquired uh, both Tavion Robinson and Javon Baker uh, from Virginia Tech and Alabama, respectively. Uh, what do you think of, of these two? Obviously, some some big shoes to fill, or not so big shoes to fill, um, with uh, Wandale taking off. Um, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, I think this might be a gap year for, for who we see being uh, you know a super intriguing uh, skill position player uh, coming out of Kentucky. But if, if it is that one of these transfers... Uh, becomes super interesting. I think it is Tavion Robinson. I think it's a mix of his versatility. I think he can be a kind of short area uh, underneath the target monster for them. And he adds value as a receiver and he adds value as a runner uh, coming out of Virginia Tech. So uh, Tavion Robinson is kind of a do-it-all weapon. And so I think Kentucky has shown they really love that kind of player. We thought Wandale would be even more of a gadget player last year than he was. And I think Robinson could be that guy, whereas Javon Baker might get uh, penciled into that really boring outside Kentucky wide receiver role, which <laughs> uh, hasn't really led to, uh, let me check, any draft capital in the past, like, what, decade? So, uh, man, I, Baker, I, I don't know what he was thinking uh, transferring to Kentucky, but not a great look between those two. Uh, it's obviously Tavion Robinson if we're making a bet on who's going to hit. Yeah, um, that's interesting. And, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, a couple more guys to to get to. Uh, one that I want to go to next is, let me see here. Um, let's talk about Taj Harris going from Syracuse to Rutgers. Um, Taj Harris is, again, on the on the 247 Sports. He's got a, a four-star 90-grade um, impact player, but Rutgers? <laughs> Yeah, like going to Rutgers was you just you leave one terrible passing offense and go to what might be one of the worst you know programs for that kind of offense ever. Uh, yeah, so uh, really rough. Like uh, Harris was like talking about like retiring from football uh, when he first left Syracuse, and so yeah, I don't know what he's thinking going to Rutgers, but 
hey, you know, he had good, uh, decent adjusted numbers in his, I guess, the second season, uh, even last year some, I guess, before he left. Um, but really, he's going to be in a situation where his raw production is going to be absolutely gross. But I think his market share numbers, he could eat most all of the targets for Rutgers and uh, work his way into a senior bowl performance and then get some hype through that that route. And then, you know, maybe maybe he goes and gets himself drafted because I think he's better than any of the wide receivers Rutgers has had in, in the last few years. And, and that's not a knock on Crookshank or, or, or Bo Melton. Uh, Bo Melton, I think, is actually decent. Uh, you know, went th- through the senior role route this year. But uh, Harris is going to have to just absolutely go off in a way that, that Rutgers hasn't seen since, like, Kenny Britt. So <laughs> if he wants to see real capital. Man, Kenny Britt, that's another name I haven't heard in a long time. Uh, before we before we uh, finish off with one of my favorite players, um, Antoine Wells, um, I, I just want to get your thoughts on him. Uh, transferring over to South Carolina, we we've talked about you know uh, Spencer Sa- Spencer Rattler, excuse me, um, going over there, and, and now um, he's got a new teammate here. Do you think that could be a connection that is interesting at all, or do you think um, do you think it's just n- not a name that's really that important? There's there's not enough um, excitement there yeah, or opportunity. I'm really, yeah, I'm not super excited about any any pass catcher uh, at South Carolina other than just, just thinking about like, yes, I I want to get excited about what it means that Spencer Rattler is there. And so maybe he makes somebody relevant at the wide receiver position, but it's funny. Like I think their best two pass catchers might actually be uh, at the tight end position uh, this year, which is a little weird, but like when we we just talked about uh, one of them on the last show, but Austin Stogner, uh, Jaheim Bell, uh, both of those guys, uh, I think could be the best receiving options uh, on that team. Like, I mean, Josh, Josh Van last year was, was the guy, uh, there, there is a role to be filled there. He was kind of, uh, their, their lead target, but Jaheim Bell was the other guy to carry on Joyner was, was targeted a bunch. Like he actually played quarterback there for a second. Uh, they need somebody to step up. So maybe I get, I get what you're saying. Like it's kind of a, uh, an empty spot where somebody needs to step up and make a difference. So maybe from that point of view, it is intriguing, but I'm not certain that they're going to kind of pepper one receiver enough that they're going to come out of nowhere and, and get capital. Yeah. I, I guess if, if Spencer Rattler is be, going to become a thing again, mm-hmm. we're going to have to see some production and doesn't always happen, but usually there there's a guy from the wide receiver room that steps up as well. Um, and so, yeah, just curious because um, people are looking for these, these names that might be hidden um, uh, that, that maybe haven't been uh, selected in, in, in Debbie drafts well, deep, deep Debbie drafts or C to C drafts. Um, mm-hmm. And so just curious your thoughts there, but let's, let's finish off the show with, um, I mean, if you, if you listen to uh, Matt and I's podcast, you've heard this guy's name a lot because Matt, uh, thought he was the best receiver in the Clemson room, maybe not the highest uh, star ranking, um, but the the Canadian phenom himself, Ajuaju, uh, going from Clemson to USF. Yeah, and of course you, you gotta love to see. It's really actually kind of rare that 
uh, Canadian players or any foreign players. Like even I thought like, you were going to say someone has the fir- the same first and last name. Well, that, that's pr- <laughs> that's pretty rare too to just be a Joe a Joe. I mean, that's that's pretty rare for sure. But I think it's it's funny. Like the the, the highest rated um, European players coming in as a tight end in this uh, freshman class this year, and he's like I think the first or second ever to be in the top three hundred. Like and and so it's really weird for Jojo to come from uh, Canada even and be a top four hundred ish kind of player. Like he was, mm-hmm. a, and if you're unfamiliar with like the star ratings and where the cutoffs are uh, currently and recruiting, like if you're a top four hundred ish player, you're like right on the cusp of being a four star player. Like that means some of the services probably had you as a four star kind of uh, kind of athlete. And that's what he was like. He's a six foot three, six foot four, kind of two hundred twenty ish pounds monster of a, an outside wide receiver who also has some speed. And I think he's got like over ten inch hands, like it was just bonkers mitts. I think they were talking about that, like even in spring practice when he came in uh, to begin his career at Clemson. So, you know, transferring to USF, and they don't have really anybody that is anywhere near his level of talent, and so. We could see him go off and have one of the most absurdly high receiving yard market share, uh, kind of dominator rating. I, I'm not sure about his yards per team, pass attempt numbers, just analytically speaking, because USS probably not going to be super efficient. But we could see a guy, you know, transfer from Clemson where it looks like he kind of flamed out and go to a situation where they absolutely just need anybody, somebody to go off, and and he's the guy that does it. I love it. I love it, and. Um, yeah, I, I think it's interesting that so many players, so many wide receivers at Clemson did not hit anywhere near their potential, let alone their expectation. And, um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I kind of am excited for a change of scenery for him. I was hoping it would be somewhere a little bit more exciting, but I just think about what he can do against that competition and get very excited. (laughs) Like he will, uh, he will beast out. It will, it will be fun to watch. And uh, I think he'll be putting up um, good numbers compared to anything you've seen there for a while. Do you think this? Um, do you think he's someone that could could hit some draft capital? I, I think so. I think he's got that um, kind of uh, old school team big wide receiver skill set, but I think he can also uh, create some separation on his own as well, and just dominate in, in kind of contested situations too. So. Yeah, uh, even though he's downgrading, I guess if you, you know, from one of the top tier programs to a, well, at, at best, see, middling, middling see, group of five. Program. Now I want to have a conversation if Clemson should still be considered that. But, well, we, yes, we yeah, do... they absolutely should. Like they've got <laughs> 10 or 11 years in a row. But you know where wins. I'm going with this. I, if if yeah. we're looking, if we're looking at the future, we will need to do this on another episode. <laughs> Never we, mind. We will. No, that's okay. But the yeah, Clemson's gonna have to fix some things, uh, and they're gonna have to have their coordinators work out. But yeah, they're they're still a top tier program. Anyway, a Jew, a Jew, a Jow, a Jow. However, you want to a Joe, a Joe. Hey, we love him. We love him here on Rotoviz. So, so that's all that really matters. I need to start saying his name correctly. As someone who always has people say their name incorrectly, you don't. Um, uh, now you say Stefan Diggs' name incorrectly, which I appreciate. Um, <laughs> um, I need to get his name right. But anyway, 
um, for Travis, for Rotoviz, for all of our sponsors. Thank you guys so much for listening. We really do appreciate you. Uh, if you could just take a, a, a minute and rate and review the podcast, that always means a lot. Uh, also, go ahead and give Travis a follow. That's at FF underscore Travis M. You can follow me too, but if you want some good fantasy football content, I I, I think you should follow Travis. Uh, but we do appreciate you listening. Uh, y'all are the best. Um, have a great weekend, and we will talk to you again real soon with uh, some of our thoughts on the numbers as they come out from the Combine. Travis, anything you want to leave the listeners with, anything that they should be looking for from you? Well, I'm always uh, writing a bunch. Uh, I've got uh, some combine pieces coming out. I've, I've had a bunch of sleeper pieces for the rookie class come out uh, here soon. But I'll, I'll have a few different takes on some uh, new metrics I'm creating to predict the future for uh, NFL prospects coming out of college at all the positions uh, as well uh, over at Rotoviz. And of course, the rookie guide. Uh, we're, we're, we're already working on version two that will come out after the combine. And, uh, you know, we got version three that comes out after the NFL draft. So tons of good stuff there from myself and uh, really the whole crew that puts that uh, rookie guy together is just fantastic. So uh, really just look look for that on rotaviz.com. Absolutely. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with you sometime next week. <laughs>